Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020, a day before professional football arrives, and there's only one way to celebrate professional football. That's with a pow, 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 Brady Quinn football show. Brady Quinn, what's happening, buddy? Uh, I feel like I've been on hiatus. Uh, you guys haven't had me on in so long uh, at one point. I'm just saying, I, I thought, I thought that maybe I had offended some people on the show. I know, uh, you've got quite the, uh, diverse group of listeners and that maybe there was too much like football, jock talk, too much masculinity. I wasn't really sure, uh, if that was maybe it or what happened. <laughs> oh man, it's, you could tell you've been spending some time with Pete Prisco. Just relentless in his texting with me about. Um, anyway, well, I, there's a whole lot of dumb stuff that I can't. You remember. guys just yucking it up, aren't you? Just yucking it up all the time. Uh, on the uh, yuck, yuck. That's all we do. Yuck, yuck. Uh, he's like, you're all fluff. You, your analysis is all fluff. There are people are talking about it. I was like, well, Pete, first of all, uh, have you read any of your power rankings? Because if you think that I'm full of fluff and Pete's power rankings were released on Tuesday, allow me to, uh, dramatically read the Jaguars. Power ranking blurb from Pete Prisco's initial power rankings. 31, Jaguars. Are they tanking for Trevor Lawrence? It looks that way. But what happens if Gardner Minshew has a big season? Then what? That's it. That's which, which, it. Uh, <laughs> I, I would argue that he's got them uh, a little bit too high. Like, they probably should be one spot lower. Yeah. I mean, that that roster, them in Carolina, I, I know they have Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater play well last year, but like, do we really have expectations for those teams? Like, I feel like both those teams are trying to position themselves for their quarterback of the future, that neither one of the guys in that position is that guy right now. Do you think the Panthers are doing that too? Uh, I think to a degree, yeah. I mean, look at every one of Matt Rule's rebuilds. They've been awful the first year he's been there as head coach, and then they've built it up by year three. I think that's probably what you're going to see. They're in transition on defense. They have four starters right now that are rookies. Outside of Christian McCaffrey on offense, how many guys do you feel like you really can rely on? on the outside, and Teddy Bridgewater played really well last year with the Saints. He played really well with a pretty stable, good offense in Minnesota. Uh, I, again, I don't think the Carolina Panthers are that. I think this is probably the worst team he's played on. So, unfortunately, that that, that could play a factor or a role in him not having as good of a year as he'd like. Um, we kind of dove right in, and I, I did some promo stuff and do all that, but I was so excited <laughs> to talk to you. Yes, it has been a while. No, Brady, you were not uh, being kept off the podcast are being too masculine. If anything, we need an injection of, well, you know what? Let's maybe rephrase yeah, that. You want to walk that one back. More Brady Quinn on, the, on, the, on this podcast. I was reading a review where uh, several reviewers called us um, names and said we're accused us of being woke or some such. I've heard, rate, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that you guys have ventured into the certain realms out there that not we really true. want to stay away from. We're just talking ball here. All we're talking we about are, 
We are just talking ball. And if you want to win some money off football, well, CBS Sports has you covered. Do you want to win big-time cash prizes? Of course you do. Well, we are giving away over $40,000 cash with CBS Sports Parlay Pick'em. It's your chance to win. It's completely free to play. The contest is simple. Just correctly pick five games against spread, answer a couple tiebreaker questions, and you could win cash every week, starting with $5,000 to the week one champ. Plus, come back every week for your shot to win the $20,000 season-long prize. You can even start a buddy group with your friends uh, to up the action. Odds uh, of the contest are provided by the wonderful people at William Hill, our friends over there. Parlay Pickup starts on September 10th for opening kickoff and ends with the last week of the NFL regular season. So if you live in one of the 50 U.S. states and are over 18 years of age, download the CBS Sports app. And of course, they're not related to me or Brady or Debo or anybody that works for CBS or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, or visit cbsports.com slash parlay now to take your shot at the cash. Data rates may apply. It doesn't have unlimited data. It's 2020. We're in a pandemic. Come on, people. Limit one entry per person. The game is sponsored by Viacom CBS and you can find the full rules at cbsports.com slash parlay in the feed. From Tuesday. So we had like a couple, I guess the shows we did over the weekend that kind of dropped on Monday. We did a cut show, um, Deshaun Watson extension show. Those are in the feed for Monday. We didn't actually do a Labor Day show. And then Tuesday we have a bold predictions feed where myself, Ryan Wilson and John Breach make a list of bold predictions and then make fun of John Breach because his predictions aren't bold enough. Coming up the rest of this week, we have a DFS preview for Thursday night. A gambling preview for Thursday night. Same, same package there. Thursday night football recap with the super friends, week one best bets and a week one uh, immediate recap. It is our really Brady, our signature show, the show that ties the room together. Like the Ornold rug. I just jammed up here in my office uh, because my wife was like, look, I'm sick and tired of looking at this folded rug up in the corner of your office. Get the freaking thing put down already. Um, it, uh, it, it ties everything together. The signature show. I've actually got a rug story. Um, I remember when I was, uh, moving dorms. This is between my, I think it was my sophomore and junior year. We're in South Bend. My, my mom was driving the car and we drove by this like, intersection. There was like a strip mall with someone holding this, you know, they had these gigantic rugs. We're on a, we're on a rugs. This one had an elephant on it with like its tusk going up. Obviously, it's a sign of good luck for anyone out, anyone out there who knows. My mom literally jerks the wheel over, pulls into the parking lot. We almost got crushed, literally T-boned. And she's like, you got to get that rug for your room. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's about right. Uh, a cool college, <laughs> uh, cool college rug is a big elephant in the middle of, uh, in the middle of your dorm room. So, uh, I rode with that for the next two years. Uh, and it, it worked out okay. I think it brought some good luck. What did, uh, what did Mama Quinn drive back in? So you would have been, so this is probably like, what, nine, late nineties? This has been, this is, uh, 2000 and, uh, let's see, three to four, four. She was probably five, driving like some Mercedes G-Wagon or something back then. No, 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 she was driving. I think we had, it was a Ford Explorer. Okay. So I think she had a Ford Explorer. Let me ask you this. As a kid, did you, did your mom, cause I can, this feels like a very Ohio thing. Uh, did your mom have one of those, um, uh, wood paneled station wagons? Cause my, she, she didn't, we, we did have a station wagon at one point. She didn't ever have a wood paneled one. Uh, we did used to have the Astro van, like back in the day. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the best. That the old one door open, but like you could lay down all the seats flat. Man, we took road trips everywhere for baseball tournaments and soccer terms, all kinds of stuff when we were young. 
Would it interest you to know that my grades were at one point not good enough for my parents to reward me? So instead they punished me by sending me back to uh, college in my mom's wood paneled minivan. <laughs> That's amazing. Well done. Well done. Uh, definitely no stories of debauchery involving that automobile, myself, and my pal Zeke at all. No I, my college car it was a two-door Ford, a Ford Explorer Sport. It couldn't always go in reverse, so I always had to park so I could drive out. Couldn't open open the driver's side door. Had to get in through the passenger side. Neither of the bucket seats would actually move forward to let people into the back. And uh, I think the last thing was the it wasn't a uh, there wasn't a factory like stereo set in the center. It was like, you know, after factory and it would always fall out if you broke too hard. Like it would literally just <laughs> fall right into, fall right into the middle of your lap or something. Uh, anytime you, uh, you hit the brakes. And then immediately after college, when you finally were able to be compensated for your athletic achievements, because you weren't paid. Oh, yeah, don't, hey, don't get me going on that whole subject. This whole n- name, image and likeness is one thing. Pay to play is something different. No, 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 that. We have, uh, I was, you know, I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a transition joke about um, a wide receiver in the NFL by telling you that uh, last week in my son's chat room on his uh, virtual chat for school. Did I tell the story of the podcast already, Diva? No. Did I tell you the story? Yeah, this was this was off air. Okay. Well, my <laughs> wife's walking up here to put some stuff in the fridge. So I'm going to hold off on telling the story. No, my son, um, my son is a very good speller and a very good typer. Uh, is in the chat room. We get a text from his teacher. She's like, he wrote something. Uh, inappropriate in the chat room. I'm like, oh, jeez, Louise, did he type the F word in there? And she's like, no, no, he wrote poop. And then he wrote LOL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a segue to talk about a uh, superstar NFL wide receiver. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about Odell Beckham. Oh, we're to Beckham Andre I, I, heard, I heard he's already got an endorsement, by the way. I heard he's already got a bunch of endorsements coming as well. Dude wipes? But, um, amongst many. Yes, yeah. Um, anyway, we're just kidding. We're making Debo nervous here. We're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins, who signed a uh, extension with the Arizona Cardinals. He was having uh, what I like to call Joe Mixon migraines that were keeping away from camp uh, until magically they were cured by a gigantic pile of money. Uh, that was That's my wife leaving now. What's up, AK? What's up, AK? Brady Quinn says hello, honey. No, we're recording a podcast. Uh, she says hello, and to you, Debo. Yeah, she um, did. Yeah. Two years, $54.5 million in new money with $42.75 million guaranteed. Now, I think when you add in the old years, because that's how it works, he's actually only fifth in terms of um, average annual value for receivers, but he's up to 18.8. And so now we've seen with the Keenan Allen signing and with Amari Cooper signing this offseason, Michael Thomas's extension, we got, we're really seeing an increase kind of in the floor, maybe even the ceiling of the, of, of, of what wide receivers can be paid. And Hopkins has obviously been awesome throughout his entire career and then was inexplicably traded for a uh, hurt running back this offseason. Yeah. I think after the quarterback, at least on offense, you look at your tackles and then you look at, you know, your, your wide receiver, the number one wide receiver. And he's, he's played that way. So he's very deserving of being up there amongst that, that upper echelon of wide receivers and the way they're being compensated. Uh, the only interesting thing I think is just, you know, why now he had three years left on his deal. If you're Steve Kime, it's setting a bad precedent. Uh, it's obviously one of the reasons why, you know, Houston decided to deal him in the first place because, you know, clearly they didn't feel like they were going to want to pay him that sort of money or set the precedent um, that they were going to sign anyone to an extension when they've got three years left on their deal. So, uh, you can see, you can kind of see the writing on the wall now, what happened there. And 
I think you can argue, you know, was a fair value in exchange or not, you know, time will tell, but uh, it's a fair contract. You know, if they want to pay the guy more power to him. Uh, my only, con- my only question to you is, is do you think he's starting to, you know, fall back? I think if you look over the past three years, he's subtly declined as far as yards perception. I don't know that it's always a direct indication of what he's capable of, but he's never been a burner. You know, he's one of those guys that makes the great contested catch. He's, he's good, obviously separating at the top of routes, but, uh, you know, I think as far as his system fit for Kyler Murray and in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, I kind of feel like he's going to end up providing a similar role what Larry Fitzgerald almost has been doing, you know, kind of more of that reliable number one guy you can go to. But, I mean, by the end of this contract, it'll be, what, 33? Yep. 30, somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see, like, what exactly he looks like two years from now under this deal. Well, you were – and I, I mean, I, I'm not going to give you credit for it now, but I'll give you credit for it after this year, depending on how the season plays out. You were one of the very few people, and I'll, Pete Brisker sort of echoed this a little bit too, that was skeptical of, of the uh, landslide declaration that this is a bad trade for the Texans. I mean, it's hard to justify trading a wide receiver for a running back. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily think that's what your argument is. It's more like, are we sure DeAndre Hopkins will be elite? If he, if, and so my point here is that if you are correct, Brady, and he is perhaps on the decline, this extension will look disastrous. Yeah, and I think uh, within this offense, I mean, look at how many different options they have too to throw to. You know, uh, you know, clearly they're going to try to run the football a little bit to have some semblance of balance and and not do I think what Chip Kelly's offenses in Philly fell victim to, and that was just being on the field all the freaking time, man. I mean, they were ten and six two years in a row into the playoffs, but. Their defense faced a lot of snaps. I think at the end of the season, you started to see them wear down. I think there was glimpses of that a little bit with Arizona last year. So I think they, they've got to figure out a way of calming down the tempo, running the football a little bit too. Um, and, and then it's like, how are you going to spread around the football? You, you still have Kirk. You still have Fitzgerald. You obviously still have some tight end options too, uh, to go along with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he should be number one, but you know, usually those college systems don't necessarily work like that. You know, in a college system, Typically, those are more based on the actual system or the actual spot, and it's just whoever's playing in that spot is going to get the football a lot. Uh, and usually, those guys don't rotate out of that spot. Now, it's the NFL; it's different. Cliffs he's he's adjusted, but uh, I, I think if you look at how that trade worked out, I, I am curious to see what the speed that Houston was able to acquire in Cooks, now with Stills, and looking at Fuller, and then looking at um, who's the other piece that I'm missing right now. Uh, wait, can he? Uh... Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Okay. Uh, Cobb. Oh, Randall Cobb. You know, with, with all the additions that they've had this offseason, I think by committee that group will be just about as good. And I think I had an interesting conversation with Brandon Bean back when I was calling a game for Fox. And one of the things we're talking about in regards to some of their late season personnel additions was what they were looking at and what, like, the trend was. And they said, look, it's getting harder and harder to find receivers who can make its contested catch unless they're enormous and they have a huge catch rate, so they're really strong. He says that we've got to find guys who can separate because you can only do so much formationally. You can only do so much to go up against these defensive backs, right? And he said, so if, if the passing game is the name of the game right now, what you've got to figure out is guys who have speed and guys who can, you know, create more separation to make it easier, you know, easier throws or bigger windows for your quarterbacks to make some of those plays. So I think that's more of what Bill O'Brien was looking at doing uh, with making that trade and trying to, provide more speed on the roster. And I think, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is kind of looking at it a little bit different and maybe still trying to figure out too, um, you know, kind of find his way through the NFL right now, if you will. 
Uh, all right, let me ask you that. And I, I don't know how I feel about this. And I'm sort of thinking through it as a, as a sort of processing it right now. But if I were to say, all right, Brady, you are, uh, let's see, you are Brady O'Brien and you are in charge of finding the personnel that would best fit, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's spread, you know, uh, uh, air raid offense in Arizona. Would you rather have the Cardinals receivers or the Texans receivers? Um, and you're saying Cliff Kingsbury's offense? Yeah. I'm just sort of wondering, like, well, take, take, take a look at what he had at Texas Tech when he was there, right? Because he was yeah. post Michael Crabtree, obviously. Right. He was post Michael Crabtree. That was more Mike Leach. But if you looked at his slots, a guy like Jakeem Grant, for example, I believe Kiki Kutsi, who's on the roster now, yeah. actually, he came out of um, Texas Tech. Smaller, quicker, fast guys like that. And then on the outside, he would have these long shotters, guys who could take the top off the defense, but really could jump up, make the contested catch. Uh, or if they were isolated, again, you know, had that big catch radius where, where you, if you had to, you could throw up a jump ball to them. Uh, and so I, I think if you, if you look at what Houston has, they don't necessarily really have that big guy. I mean, I guess you could say is that Isaiah Coulter, I believe is their fifth round pick. He's, he's got decent size, but they've got all speed everywhere. Uh, I, I think, I, I think, look, if you look at Arizona's roster, um, they've got more of what, you know, exactly what I, I think, um, Cliff Kingsbury is trying to do there with the speed with a guy like Christian Kirk. And the bigger body guys like Larry Fitzgerald, like DeAndre Hopkins, who can make contested catches. Uh, and they've got a couple other guys who've got some speed too. So I, I think they've done a good job of signing guys that fit what they want to do, uh, really in both cases. Um, I think the biggest question for Cliff Kingsbury's offense is how are they going to adapt? You know, like how are you going to grow and adapt from what they did before? Typically in college football, your system's your system. You do a few variations, but it's, it's about executing. It's about having more talented players. In the NFL, everyone's talented. Now it's about execution. It's about, you know, scheme. And I can out scheme your opponent. Uh, we talked about Keenan Allen on the Saturday podcast. I was really surprised that the Chargers gave him four years, $80 million. I think Keenan Allen is a great player. I think he's criminally underrated, you know, especially in uh, the fantasy world when you start to look at these drafts. Like he plummets down the, down the list because he's in on the, on the Chargers offense. He's one of the best route runners in football. He's got great hands. But four years, $80 million, I, I, I don't know. It felt like I, I was just surprised. I thought that they might even be considering letting him walk after this year. Uh, and instead they just upped him and made him one of the two highest paid wide receivers in football. Yeah. But I think his stats would, you know, somewhat justify, or you could argue, you know, I mean, it's not like he's had a, a ton of help out there. I mean, Mike Williams went healthy has been effective, but you know, outside of that, I mean, it's been the Keenan Allen show. Uh, so I, I've got the utmost respect, as you said. I mean, criminally underrated is a good way of putting it. Uh, I think if you ask DBs, he's one of the best route runners that doesn't get enough credit for that too. Uh, so he might not possess all of the uh, that, that's the, this you know tremendous talent or skill uh, as far as you know being the fastest or you know the, the biggest in that regard. But as far as the overall skill of being a wide receiver, playing the position, route running, hands, all those sorts of things. Um, he definitely checks all those boxes. And I also think we're getting to a point too when you're looking at teams and how they're allocating a portion of their cap. When you have a young quarterback, I think you're realizing like you need someone there, you know, to be able to separate and help him out. You need someone to be where he can go with the football. More and more now, what you're seeing from college football to the NFL is quarterbacks who are kind of one read quarterbacks. You know, if they can get to the number, they get to the number one guy and they can throw a fairly accurate football, you know, outside of having a little bit of a ability to scramble or, or create or extend a play. And your offense running the football, like that's, that's what you're getting right now. You're, you're getting guys who have a hard time working through progressions or reading defense. They got one on the bench right now. I'll tell you that much. 
So, well, so you need, you need to have a number one wide receiver where if that guy only looks to go to one guy, then at least make that be a guy that who's a dude, who's a stud who can go get the football. At least make it so you can just like pelt Keenan Allen's chest with slant, like all yeah. slants over and over again. Uh, some more extensions that came out, uh, on Tuesday. Actually, one, one that we missed over the weekend, uh, Tredavious White, four years, $70 million, $55 million guaranteed. You're going to fill in the blank on the numbers for me, for my, for my taste in terms of cornerbacks. I think he is, I know he wasn't as good as Stephon Gilmore last year, but I think he's a top three cornerback in the NFL. And I'm trying to figure out who I would even put at number two ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, I think it just goes along with the argument where if you're going to be paying all these wide receivers who are number one wide receivers at this amount, should you be paying your cornerback who has to cover them very similarly? So I uh, they go hand in hand, in my opinion. Uh, he's been the best, uh, you know, cornerback or one of the best in the AFC. Uh, since he's pretty much gotten into the league. I mean, that was one of those players that I think early on in his career, he demonstrated the ability to kind of transition seamlessly. And, and they look, he, they put a lot of pressure on him. You know, he, when they play man to man coverage, he matches up with the best. It's not one of those defenses where they don't travel him. So, uh, he's worth every penny. Uh, it makes sense. And, and obviously it seems like a, a good young man too from, from all indications. He, uh, by the way, he was the, he was the guy. In theory, the Bills should get pelted for this because they traded out of the Patrick Mahomes pick. And then back, and, and the Chiefs came up and took Patrick Mahomes. And then the Bills traded back and got Tredavious White. Like, eh, I don't know. You know, there's no, like, no second guessing it. They got an extra first round pick in Tredavious White. Now, would they like to have Patrick Mahomes? Of course, but pretty good job by them. Uh, Cam Hayward signed an extension as well, four years, $71.4 million. Maybe now he can finally get the respect he deserves from Ryan Wilson. Who uh, had him at like number nine on his defensive lineman list or something? That he makes those sorts of lists. Uh, he was assigned it, so he made it. Yeah. <laughs> and Cam Hayward actually tweeted at him. Well, I get that. Look, he's he's another one of those like criminally underrated players. Where I think when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, Hall of Famer, so effective. I I think he's like working in that direction. Um, and you know how that works for like guys in his position, just because they're not like in that specific defense. They're not going to be as stat driven as far as like their productivity. Uh, any, any time you have a, a defense that plays a three, four. Now you're getting to the point where more of these three fours are playing their nickel and sub packages. So they play more four down, but you know, that dude's a stud. I mean, again, you know, the job he does against the run, you know, what he did, you can do against the pass rush. He allows TJ Watt and Bud Dupree to be as effective as they are. Like he's a big piece of that. Stefan Tewitt's a big piece of that. You know, back when they had Hargrave on the inside, like they were, they were all pieces as to why they were so effective. So, um, you know, very deserving of it. You know, always happy to see a good guy like that too be able to get paid. Uh, by the way, he was, uh, eight, he was seventh, excuse me, on Ryan Wilson's list behind, it was, uh, behind Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Kenny Clark, Grady Jarrett, Fletcher Cox, and DeForest Buckner. So not like Ryan like took a crap on his soul here. Uh, although. No, but I think Cam's been more consistent than Buckner. I think Cam's been probably, more consistent than Kenny Clark. I mean, Kenny Clark's about a nice trajectory. Uh, he's gotten better and better every year, but I, I think Cam's been, you know, as good as he's been for a consistently long period of time in the NFL. And, and in sort of humorous fashion, so Ryan's favorite show on the planet is The Office, and Ryan's favorite team on the planet is The Steelers. And uh, Cam Hayward actually replied to the list with a Office GIF. So not only was he like, hey, Ryan. Wow, he dug in deep. I read your list. He also used an office gift. I don't know if he knew that, but it was uh, it was very entertaining. Came here if, with- if Ryan was in the office, which character would he be? I feel like he'd be kind of like Jim. You don't think? 
he's got that dry sense of humor. You know, he'd be kind of sitting there having to deal with like Steve Carell's BS every day, which I think we could probably figure out who that would be in the scenario. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably true. Who was, um, who was, uh, Breach then? Is he Dwight? Uh, yeah, no, 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 Breach, Breach is Creed. <laughs> that's who Breach is. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like kind of like the, the, like the office weirdo that is secretly one of the best characters, but not so secretly a serial. Or, character. or could it be Ryan? Oh, the temp. He could be Ryan. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess I don't, I don't think of Ryan Wilson as a gym, but if in this scenario, I'm Michael Scott, which, although I guess Debo could be Jim too. Uh, he's not a potentially, potentially. Debo, what do you think about this casting the office? I have the- no comment. I have seen one episode of The Office. What? Oh. Dude, watch The Office. What's the matter with you? That, you're a terrible human being, Debo. Thank you. Can't even argue with it. Um, okay, and then also Kareem Hunt got an extension. Just so we're hitting all the news. <laughs> Good to have football news back. Is, is that is that one odd to you though? Only because I mean they got Nick Chubb. He's been solid. You're like, wait, shouldn't you be extending Chubb, not Kareem Hunt at this point? I mean, I, I can understand why they're doing it. I think a he's a capable back. I think it helps prolong Nick Chubb's career. And I think you'd like to have a couple of backs you can rely on now. Um, but, you know, look, I think the other thing is, is like for him, and I haven't seen the, the details of the deal, but he's from Willoughby, Ohio. It's right down the road from Cleveland. Uh, he went to Toledo. Like, it's probably where he wants to be. He probably feels like this team took a chance on me when no one else would, and and I owe it to them uh, to try to give them my best. Like, there is probably part of that with him, considering everything that's occurred in his life. Two years, uh, $13.5 million. So yeah, I mean, it sort of makes me wonder, will the Brown, do the Browns intend on leaning on Kareem Hunt a little bit more than maybe we think? And they want to lock him up now. Are they going to use two back sets? What well, I'm, what do you, yeah, what? I, I think the two back sets becoming a lot more popular too in the NFL. I mean, you, you're going to see it more, I think, in Baltimore and in New England when they like want to run Cam or, or Lamar Jackson or, um, you know, even if you're going to do something like that, maybe with Taysom Hill with the New Orleans Saints. And, and reason being is, A, you've got a mismatch. If it, you have to drop back to be a pass, but B, you know, any one of those guys can, can tote the rock and probably better too than a fullback. I think use check's probably the only fullback you make an exception for with his running ability and catch the football better than a fullback. So they give you really the best of both worlds as far as the, the mismatches, but also schematically, you know, different options where when you look into a backfield, if you're a linebacker, and you're in a base defense and you're looking at each linebacker going like, well, each one of us has one of these guys because any one of them can carry the football. Like it's kind of like that hidden cup where you're like moving around the quarter. It's like, the, it's like the same thing with the football back there. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily that Baker's going to do some of that, but they might sprinkle some in. He's lost. I, I bet he does. Some athletic enough. I bet he does. A, I bet. I don't know what the percentage will be, but I would guess like 10 to, I would guess like, Somewhere between two to five RPO plays minimum per week. Oh yeah. Fancy. He's looking, he's looking spelt right now. I'm telling you, man, he's, he dropped the weight. He cut off the little, uh, the baker, you know, he's, he's cut out some of the, some of the carbs, some of that bacon, you know, oh, he's cut out the baker. He's, he cut the baker out of his life and we got a little less baker this off season, which was kind of nice last off season, a bit too much. Like you don't just don't do the GQ interview, you know, don't do the, uh, mean kinds ESPN piece. I don't know. 
Now we're getting Mina Kimes pieces in the offseason. We got a Mina Kimes piece end of the season. Mina Kimes just Mina Kimes herself. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jadavion Clowney signed with the Tennessee Titans. Was this the uh, best landing spot ultimately for Clowney? Oh, he's on a one-year deal. Right. Clearly, I mean, I would assume he had his best year of his career in Texas, in Houston for the Texans when Mike Rabel was the defensive coordinator. Uh, is this just a, okay, this gives me the best shot to make a crap ton of money next offseason? Yeah, I think so. I think he's familiar with the system, familiar with the coach. I do wonder though, like if Vic Beasley had showed up and he had been like what they had hoped he would have been, since that's who Jadavia Cloudy now is ahead of on the depth chart, like would we even talk about this signing? Like would there even been an opportunity? Uh, I find that interesting. And I also just wonder like what the expectations are, you know, with, with Mike, uh, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson from Jadavion Clowney. Like the guy, what, three, three and a half sacks last year for Seattle. I mean, it, I think we've gotten to the point now where you look at him as a really good player. He's all around a really good player. Is he consistently a guy you worry about with your pass protection? Probably not. I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, he's one of those guys where when you create a game plan, you're going as a quarterback. You have that like package in your game plan, but you don't start off with it. Like mm. you wait to see what type of day Jadavion Clowney is going to have and if your offensive line can handle him first. So, um, look, I'm, when he's on, he's unstoppable. He, he could be disruptive. When he's on, he could be disruptive. And that's when you say, okay, we got to use chips. We got to use a tight end of formation. We got to slide the line in covered offensive lineman that way. Maybe bring an extra tackle as tight end to help out, like those sorts of things. But. Uh, I don't know that he does that consistently enough right now. Uh, and then I think the other thing that's kind of odd about this entire story is how many times do you have to fire one agent uh, when you're going into this scenario? Has he, didn't he fire Bus Cook twice now? Like 14 times, I think. He was giving you good advice. Like clearly whatever he was saying was like, hey, you're not worth your initial, what you're asking. You're not worth 15. And whoever he signed with now probably convinced him, like, hey, we got you a $15 million deal. Not really. It's 12 with incentives, man. So, um, that, that's the one odd thing that I think came out of this whole thing is just how many times he's fired Bus Cook in last year. Yeah, it is, it is, it is a little odd. Uh, I will say that, uh, what was I going to say? I had something funny I was going to say and I completely forgot. Well, I was scrambling through my email. Well, that's debatable. Well, then I was going to be funny. Oh, no, no, I know what I was going to say. Like, I feel, I understand where Clowney's coming from. Cause sometimes, like, you, you know, when you're just that talented, you know, you show up to work and it's not always easy to turn it on because you know that your raw natural gifts can carry you through the day. You, you know what I'm talking about a little bit, Brady, right? No, no. I, uh, I think this you're is all, a- you're all about work ethic and, uh, and those are the grindstone that blue collar Ohio. Yeah. That's what's I've, I've been stuck in my office working for the past, I think six hours at this point. So between uh, HQ and my duties to Sirius XM, I have not less, left this box, this glass case of emotion that I'm in right now. Would you like to, uh, would you like to promote anything you do, by the way? Uh, just my foundation. Promote something while I look for this. <laughs> my foundation, the third goal foundation. We okay. help out veterans. Yeah, there you go. There's a little you plug. Do, you, do, you do have a foundation. Can people, uh, donate to that? that yeah, of course. You can go to 3ng.org. That's, uh, the number 3ang.org. Uh, and you can find out about Operation Home where we make, uh, remodel homes, make them handicap accessible for wounded vets, Operation Education. We have educational platforms at various universities to help uh, those uh, either active uh, duty, duty service members or veterans start, continue, or finish their education. And Operation Joy, we have different initiatives where you can adopt a hero around the holiday season uh, or depending on whatever the needs are for those veterans throughout the year. 
That's that. That is that is. Uh, you know, I thought you were going to promote your radio show, and then you promoted a charity, charitable foundation that you run. Uh, good for you, by the way, for continuing to run it. You can tell it's fulfilling. Yeah. You give back to the community. You and your wonderful wife and, and family. Um, and that's why you live a, a positive, happy life. I try. You know what? Not everybody is running around with. Uh, you know, sometimes people need money. People need money, and uh, sometimes you get credit card debt. Need the money, and if you do, you don't have to be an expert to get rid of it. All you do is hit up Lightstream, and you can start saving today with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Lightstream's fixed rate credit card consolidation loan started at 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% right now. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with absolutely no fees. The application is 100% online, so you don't have to touch anybody, see anybody, worry about the, any risk of people involvement that we hate today and you can even get your money as soon as the day that you apply lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees and that's exactly what they deliver and podcast listeners can get an additional interest rate discount the only way to get that interest rate discount is to go to lightstream.com slash six that's lightstream l-i-g-h-t-s-t-r-e-a-m dot com slash Six S I X. Go there now. Get your additional discount. Get rid of that credit card debt. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes point five point five zero auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply. And offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash six for more information. Brady, I think you were uh, clearly impressed by my segue from Brady's charitable. To I was just letting you get through. Hey, that's how you pay the bills. Just get through the live reads. I was letting you get through it, but. That was, uh, that was very well done. That was very that well was done. All the time I, I felt like I was a, a little kid in the backseat of your car and you pulled a, a sharp U-turn. That <laughs> was, was a, I mean, you know, I, I was talking about that story with the, the, uh, the wooden station wagon. I was thinking about, cause I remember my brother and I were driving to some like Disney on ice thing with my mom when we were little kids. We we're on 40 in Greensboro near the Greensboro Coliseum. And my mom got sideswiped by a, uh, a Mack truck and we spun three times and ended up sliding into the side of the highway. And my mom is like melting down, bawling, crying, losing it. And Charlie and I are like, do it again. And she's like, Wah! and that's just, that's just part of having to, uh, to so that, that's why you are the way you are among many other, many that other, a lot. yeah, yeah. The paint chips and, and various other things. <laughs> uh, did you eat paint chips as a kid? I, I would write that down as the, uh, write that. You, down. Know, you used to have gasoline lights when you were, uh, when you were younger, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, maybe something. Yeah. I'm going to write that down on our list of, uh, our list of, uh, sound drops that we need. Diva kind of devil's avocado. We need a fight, paint chips, some Tommy boy. We used to, uh, change the answering machine at my parents' house too. Did you ever do that? Didn't tell. Uh, well, to what? And whatever you want. I was like, Hey, you don't know how to leave a message. Charlie will come over there and hit you on the head with a tack hammer. <laughs> and then my parents didn't realize it for like four days. Finally, somebody saw the, like the, you know, out and about hype where they're like, what? what's the deal with that answering machine? Mom's like, what? <laughs> so I think like, one of the what? most underrated parts of that movie that like, I, it makes me giggle every time is, is when he's waiting for his luggage and David Spade goes, Oh, this has to be you. <laughs> it's just a trash bag duct tape. <laughs> It's, it's, it's an incredible. Oh, movie. Man. We're talking about Tommy Boy. If, if you don't know, and you should go check it out. All right. So let's get to games that we're eyeing for week one. 
Did Debo cut down the list I sent him? Because I was like, dude, I could make a case for every single one of these games, given we don't know jack squat about these teams. We haven't had preseason. We haven't had much of an offseason. Do you, all right, let me ask you this. I, I've been, people are like, people are like, are you, are you like more or less excited about football? And I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to act like I'm less excited. I'm not. I mean, like football's here. It's awesome. I, I guess I'm like, I don't believe that it's, I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel normal. It's like the, all the sports on TV, lack of preseason has just thrown off sort of the way that I'm used to getting a season started. I think on Thursday, I'll be all, I'll be pumped for it. Tomorrow, I'll be pumped for it. Uh, and I'm looking at these games and thinking, man, there's some great matchups on here. Uh, so I'm just curious, like what, like, all right, you get to tune your TV on Sunday. You, you, we're doing a draft. What's the first, what's the first game you're grabbing from Sunday's, from Sunday's matchups? Oh, dude, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. I mean, come on. Like everyone wants to see what Tom Brady looks like within that offense. You know, what Leonard Fournette who's recently signed, like how big of a factor he would play. Um, their defense, like, is it going to continue the strides it made? Do you see what Fournette, Fournette said today or said on Tuesday? Yes, which I completely threw all of his previous quarterbacks under the bus. So he said, for the first time in my life, I have a quarterback, but he's not wrong. He had nobody at uh, LSU. Yeah, but it's all relative. I mean, like, he's he's a really good player. I think you can see why Jacksonville wanted to get you know move on from him, and that's why no one claimed him off waivers. Like. That's the kind of personality and, and, you know, thoughtless speak that, that you're getting from the guy. So, uh, it's, a, it's unfortunate, you know, cause he might feel that way. I might want to say that privately, saying it publicly though. It's a bad move. But again, that's, that's why I became a free agent. Like all you can do is say Tom Brady's the best quarterback I've ever played with. Yeah. This isn't going to be wrong. He could have said that. Yeah. Easily could have said that. Like, I mean, you're coming off your best season of your career. Okay. 4.3 yards per attempt. He actually showcased he could catch about the team receptions. And he gets cut and no one picks him up. And it's like, hey, dude, maybe there's a reason why. Like, maybe this is the kind of stuff you might want to cut out moving forward. Um, you know, it drives me nuts. And I'm, look, CBS Sports guilty as charged here. And I, I would tell the C, I would tell the, um, the social media guys this, but like all the, the photoshops, it's like, who's going to stop the Bucks now? Fournette, LeSean McCoy, Rojo, Gronk. Uh, like, like OJ Howard. It's like, okay, first, you got seven guys out there already and you haven't listed a lineman or a uh, wide receiver. So that's not going to be a legal formation. One, uh, two, that's three running backs. Nobody's, nobody's coming at you with three running backs. Four, three, the Sean McCoy, little Fournette, like you said, he just got cut. I just went full Charlie Day. Sorry. You did. No, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. It's almost like, what? wait, so Mike Evans and Chris Godwin aren't the lead. Anyway, that matchup, just because, look, the Saints have faced like arguably like the three most brutal exits I think we've seen the past three years in the playoffs, right? I mean, it's literally absurd to think like the Minneapolis miracle. Okay. I believe believe it's only the second time in NFL history that a team has lost on the last play of a game, three consecutive years in the playoffs. And the other one was the, the Packers with the, the Seahawks stuff prior. So it's like, I just, I look at them, I say like, they've been built to make a run for the Super Bowl for years. I mean, literally years. Like that's not like an exaggeration or hyperbole. Like they have been. It's just that luck part. That's a portion of every team getting the Super Bowl has not worked in their favor. Like a voodoo is like popular down there, right? In New Orleans. They need to figure <laughs> that out. They're like, they need to figure that out down there. That matchup, though, I can't wait to watch. I really can't. I think that's the number one. If you're talking about Sunday's games, um, I was looking back through those. I, I think the next one, you know, call me crazy. 
I can't wait to see Cam. Like, I, I really am so curious to see. I know it's versus the Dolphins. There's low expectations, even though the team beat him in Fox for a week 17 last year. I just, I cannot wait to see what he's going to look like within that offense. If he's healthy, if he's like the closer to the 2018 version. Um, and, and if this, if that team can win the AFCs or is it like all of a sudden open for anyone to take? I think the Bills are, are probably the favorite if that's the case, but that's another one that I, I think I, I can't help but want to watch. And then obviously. Well, before, before you move on from that one, because I know that, uh, I think this is correct. Were you in Denver in 2009 or 10? 10. 10. So you were there when McDaniels got fired. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I've, I know we've talked about this a billion times. So I was, I was very confident that, but just making sure. Um, I was actually on radio on Tuesday morning talking about this. Like the, there's a photo of him, the way he's like celebrating after that overtime, the, the, the ex, the, the field goal win over the Patriots and Belichick. And he's just, he's just like, ah! like losing his mind. And then walks over and was like, hello, Bill. And then I like, turned around. I was like, ah! and like going nuts. So that was, I think, Oh nine though. That was, that was 09. Right, right. So you weren't there, but I am, but I do, I am curious with McDaniels having drafted Tim Tebow. Don't fall for the trap. Everyone what? thinks, everyone thinks that like he's got this quarterback package and running package and all stuff. That's the question. It's not the case. It's not the case. Um, I mean, think about this. Tim never played quarterback right. when Josh was there. He came in for some short yardage, some different things like that, but it not only wasn't effective. Um, I don't know that he ever viewed him as that necessarily. You know, my conversations with him more, you know, they were going to try to develop him into a quarterback to play in that system. <clears throat> but in the meantime, they had issues on, on third yard, uh, you know, third and short and goal line that they wanted to try to implement a package. So that was what they did. It really wasn't until that next season where we had an off season. Granted, that was a lockout year, but we had an off season. And, and even then, like there was so much up in the air. When we went into training camp, once we signed the CBA, we didn't have a package for Tim. It wasn't like that then either. Yeah, you know, we were still, part of the season. Right. And, and so it was more of a pivot once we got into that season. And honestly, like a lot of the times he took off, there were pass plays. Like it wasn't, there was a, there was a, a touchdown run he had versus the Raiders one year. It wasn't even a design play for him. It was a draw and he, he didn't hand the football off. He just forgot to hand it off and he followed the running back girl Buckalter right down the middle of the defense. And I think they were playing two man. So like not only was no one responsible for him, like he had a lead blocker and there was no one responsible for him. So, um, it's a misconception. Now could Josh implement things, um, to allow Cam Newton to run the football and do some different things? Of course. Um, and, and I do suspect they'll do that, but my whole thing, and I've said this all along is for those who think that like Cam Newton's have become this centerpiece of what they're doing running the football. No, it'll be situational third down red zone. Um, he'll take off on passing plays if it's not there, but there's a reason why they have a, such a stable of running backs and it's me and they don't have a fullback right now. Right. But in part, cause he opted out, but also because you don't need one. Like I said before, when you're back in shotgun, you have two running backs. Both those guys are threats to catch the football. Both those guys are threats to run the football. And you've got a quarterback who's a third. That puts a ton of pressure and attention in the backfield, and it opens opens things up back and behind, and it makes life easier on the offensive linemen. So uh, he'll have wrinkles and things in there to make it look like Cam's going to have the football, and it's more of the threat, I think, that's going to be effective than actually how much he carries the football. If he averages over five yards per, you know, five attempts per game, I would be surprised. Wow. Okay. So I sort of had this like inkling and it's, it's fine if I'm wrong because I don't think anybody knows, but now this is why, you know, when we talk about 
real hardcore football analysis and not just like, you know, fluff, surface level details. Not yucking it up. What's that? Not yucking it up. We're not yucking it up. Look, look, if I want hardcore football analysis, I'm calling you. I'm not calling Pete Prisco. Sure. I don't need that. I don't need that fluff he brings. A little fluff in the belly he's got. Um, it's going to be taken that I call you. Look at it this way in all seriousness. Like, know, but, my hold on, hold on, but, but hold on. If Cam goes down, what enough. are you working with? Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer or maybe Jarrett Stidham, like if he's healthy enough. He's, I mean, like that's the thing is, you know, we, we really don't know. And that's a kind of a big risk to take from a former MVP, a guy who's played a lot of football to a, a backup we don't know for how long. And given his injury history, I'd be even more concerned by it. So, you know, there's a like I said this to Pete the other day on HQ, and he, he was like, what? Tom Brady couldn't do that. I was like, look, dude. I was like, there's a reason why they don't have a lot of boots within that system or offense. And he's like, well, cause Tom Brady can't. I was like, no, Pete. He didn't have it with Kyle Orton either. There's a reason for that. You know, he doesn't feel like it's as effective of a play. And, and, you know, there's other things you can do to move the pocket to have more success throwing down the field. Um, it's just not part of the system as much as it is like in Kyle Shanahan's, for example, uh, and how they run that system. But, uh, the, the point is, is it's more about the threat of Cam Newton running the football. And, and that, so there might be some times where he carries out a fake or he looks like he's bringing it, or it might be a design quarterback run where the guy's actually kind of not even faking. They're stealing it. They're basically allowing an offensive lineman to carry up to the second level. And that running back is going to take a down lineman and take care of them either with a block or the fake to make it look like it. And then they'll have a lead block of her cam working to the second level. So I, I suspect some of that kind of stuff. Okay. That's interesting. I was sort of expecting this like, Oh, look, we're unleashing Cam on the, on the planet. And, you know, the Patriots haven't gone anywhere despite, uh, what everybody thought, you know, when, when Tom Brady left, but maybe that's not the case. Uh, what else stands out to you? And I agree with you. That, that is a great game. Well, I'll, I'll pick one. We're picking all Fox. Well, no, not all Fox games, but I will say that Cardinals 49ers is on my radar. Yep. It's a, it's a 425 game. Nobody's going to be watching it because everybody's going to be watching Buccaneer Saints. But, like, what is Kyler? We talked about DeAndre Hopkins already. How will Hopkins look in Kingsbury system? How will Kyler look in year two? Can I mean, you know, you don't want to make snap judgments after one week of football, but, like, can the Cardinals compete in this division and for this division? I think that will be, you know, if they come out and beat the 49ers in week one on the road, that will be a big talking point this offseason. They played them tough last year. I mean, there's no reason to think that they shouldn't be able to. They got the defensive pieces. Um, you know, I think that's definitely one of those games I would circle um, that I'm curious to see, like Kyle Murray versus that defense, but how how they evolve too, and like how they you know utilize Hopkins within that offense. So curious to see that. Curious to see what some of these rookies look like. Kinlaw is getting rave reviews. I mean, Trent Williams said he might be a defensive player of the year at some point. So high praise for a guy that is going to be replacing DeForest Buckner, who is a really good player. Um, who, who they ended up going off to, you know, Indianapolis. So, uh, and, and plus I'm kind of curious to see like, all right, is there a little bit of a hangover here with, with, with the 49ers? I mean, are they going to be able to run the football the way they could last year? Um, there's, there's a lot of questions like you kind of wonder with, with both teams really in that matchup, but Baltimore Cleveland's the other one I'm really curious about. Yeah. You know, I just, I want to see what Stefanski can do for this team. If this team in, in Cleveland can achieve you know, what I think they're capable of. I mean, they beat Baltimore last year. They're one of two teams, right? It's like, all right, like this team has enough talent to do it. It's just a matter of putting it together. And then Baltimore, you know, I, you know, how, how has Lamar Jackson continued to evolve? You know, what is their 
you know, offense look like? What does their defense look like without Earl Thomas? You know, are they going to miss him? Are they going to regret that? A lot of questions right now, more so than like anything in particular I'm looking for. Um, okay. Eagles, Washington. Yeah, kind of. I mean, more. I, I want to see how good Chase Young is. I want to see if he's as dominant at the NFL level as he was at the college level. Uh, I am curious to see that. Curious to see Dwayne Haskins' growth, but he didn't have much help. Yeah. Um, and then the Eagles, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I, like, are they going to be able to survive the season? Like, they're already just banged up going into the season. Kind of curious to see what they look like. Uh, I, the Cowboys are Sunday night versus Rams. So I guess that technically qualifies. That's a game I'm extremely interested in seeing and how Dak looks. Mike McCarthy's first year. The one, uh, Sunday, like the other Sunday four o'clock game that's sort of flying under the radar. There's only three of them. Uh, Chargers Bengals. I know it's not the sexiest game in the world. It wouldn't be a number one draft pick in this. If we were doing draft, you know, if we we're picking games we want to watch in week one, but like Joe Burrow's first game, I'm here for it. Tyrod, like, Anthony Lynn's been given the full, like, autonomy to run out Tyrod Taylor for 16 games. I'm, I'm kind of here to see how it works out. Like, what a disaster it could be. I wish Derwin James was healthy because I'm going to miss watching him play. But, like, you know, what are the, is Joe, Joe Burrow's got a stiff test out of the gate with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram st- uh, staring him down. Well, I, you know, he's familiar with Joey Bosa. You know, he was at Ohio State before that. It's not like he's unfamiliar with old Joey Bosa. Um, and people tend to forget, uh, Joe Burrow's been, he was at Ohio State for a long time. Uh, so he's very well aware of what he brings to the table. But, yeah, no, I, I, I'm curious to see what Cincinnati's capable of. I mean, Pete Prisco's already said they're going to win two Super Bowls in the next 10 years. Tie praise. Uh, I don't think he picked them this year, but he did say they'd be guaranteeing them as a playoff team next year. Hey, do we, do um, we, have we seen Pete's picks? Because, I mean, Pete is notoriously, like, the biggest – I don't know if snowflake is the right word. Well, he's got – here's what I know is he's got Kansas City winning it all again back-to-back years. He went chalk with that one. And then he had Green Bay, uh, which is, if you didn't see his power rankings from Tuesday, he's got Green Bay as number two, which is a bit, a bit odd, right? It's it's off season and then he's got them actually winning the NFC. So he's got, he's got them winning the NFC and losing to Kansas City. So I was making fun of him earlier because again, Pete called my analysis of professional football fluff and surface level. And his, in his, in his power rankings for Tuesday, which were initial season power rankings, predicting what he thinks will happen. He wrote, I pick Green Bay every year. One year I will be right. He literally wrote that sentence. I was like, what? Like, so that's your analysis of why the Packers are going to like make it to the Super Bowl of the NFC. And then he was like, the Packers went 13 and three, period. Like, what? 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 Well, like, no mention of the scheme and like the personnel additions. Like what? What? And I'm the fluff guy. What is, what is this? It, it, it sounds like the first and second round pick aren't going to see much playtime. Uh, because Jordan loves a backup. We don't know when he's going to get in. And AJ Dillon's third string on the depth chart right now running back. So, like, I'm not really sure what they did this offseason. They feel like it's going to help them. But, and I also did point out to Pete that if they have to get through San Francisco, that could be tough because neither of those games went well last year when they played the 49. Right. Like, that's the thing. I, I get that you're picking the Packers. That's fine. You can pick the Packers. You pick them every year and you used to pick, you used Patriots Packers every year. I just said, I just do it. And you know what? You're right more than you're wrong. So, except you haven't been right at all with the Packers at any rate. Now he's just under the Chiefs. The Chiefs and Packers or Aaron Rodgers retires, but it's so dumb. Like, like the, the 49ers got better this offseason or at least treaded water and they beat the living tar out of the damn Packers last year twice. Like, what are we doing, Pete? So, so hold on for a second, because you are one who used to always pick the Chargers. I think in back-to-back years, you did pick them twice. Oh, right. 
How, I was just going to say, how have you not said you're looking forward to watch the Colts take on the Jaguars? I mean, in one hand, you've got your boy, Philip Rivers, new digs in Indy. I think they're going to be good this year. And he's taken on the Minshew, the Minshew magic, the mustache, the jorts, everything that got going on down in Jacksonville. Well, the reason why I'm not looking forward to it is that I'm pretty confident the Colts are going to find a way to lose. And then it's going to be like, I, I, I just feel like they're good on their lose. They full should. disclosure, full disclosure. I did picks. For every single team, all 32, all 16 games, right? And I was contemplating Jacksonville winning week one versus the Colts only because that's what we get in week one. We get like stuff that you like look back after like week seven, eight, and you're like, how did the Colts lose to the Jaguars week one? It happens every, it's like, okay, Cleveland beating Baltimore. It could happen. They beat him last year. They're playing week one this year. Like that kind of stuff happens. Baltimore's last loss of the year. And they lost, they Cleveland put up a 40 burger on him. Nick Chubbs, remember Nick Chubbs sprint down the field and Baker's like catching up to him. They're dancing. Everybody's excited. Like, Oh, Cleveland's, it's like Cleveland might win the, the division. Can you imagine how much faster a svelte Baker's going to be now? Think about that. I'll trim down. Yeah. Jeez, I can't whoa. imagine because I'm not currently svelte, but I'm sure it'd be fun. Uh, yeah. What are you going to do? Pandemic. All these old toughies ain't drinking themselves, Brady. They call it the COVID 19. <laughs> More like COVID. Yes, it is the COVID-19. All right, uh, you got a family to see. I got a family to see. We're doing this every week, right? I can't wait. I hope, man. Pump for it. The Brady Quinn Football Show. Pow, pow, pow. Uh, thanks as always, buddy. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.